You're listening to the Kaiju Apostle podcast, Building a Bridge Edition. everyone thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the kaiju apostle podcast building a bridge edition my name is david and joining me this evening is jonathan from the sunny state of california how are you doing tonight doing great thank you thanks for having me absolutely thank you for joining i uh i was thinking about when we first started connecting and I, I think I went on this following binge of everyone who was at G-Fest last year, and I was not. <laughs> and I, re, I, I was looking here, and you were posting some stories from the uh, Kaiju Crescendo event. And I, I was losing it because uh, she did some of um, uh, Sato's work from uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And that's my son's probably favorite score of all the films. Oh, so I just... Yeah, so I showed it to him and he was so excited and yeah, just going through all of these and it was just awesome to see that like that was our first interaction, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so before we get in, I mean, let's just talk about that. I want to hear like your thoughts about that event because I know so many people loved it. Yeah, uh, that was the main reason I actually went to G-Fest that year. It's been, there was another concert, the Akira Fukube uh, 100 which was a uh, a Kickstarter campaign made by like John DeSantis and Chris Olio. Mm-hmm. And they're like regular G-Fest attenders, and they decided to do this um, great concert. And I was at that one as well. And when this one came up, and I heard that Mitri Oshima was going to be uh, conducting her own music, it was the, the experience I, I needed to have as a fan that, I really love Tokyo SOS. I love Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla. It's mm-hmm. some of my favorite tunes from any of the movies. And I also I really got to meet her at the G Fest that she was a guest. I was her handler, and it was really nice getting to to know her. And and I was really excited to see her again. Yeah. So and, oh sorry. oh sorry go ahead nope go ahead. And that concert was really really great. Um, just being able to be with fans and and hear the excitement and feel the excitement in the room as everybody could recognize the tunes that are coming up and it's an experience like, unlike any other, especially like when you know these movies so well and you've watched them so many times, it feels different when you hear it live in a room. It's nothing like it. Yeah, I can't imagine that energy that you get. Right, it's not just the music being played live, but everybody else there just partaking in it. I mean, as a musician, I get it. So that's, that's awesome that like, that's what got you to go last year. Right. Cause you said, and if I remember right, you've helped with a few G fests before. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. So what is, what does that looked like for you? Um, I worked with this, um, this talent agency, celebrity icons, and basically it's run by, Jim Cyrinella and Shigeko Kojima and 
And what they do is they bring Japanese guests over to the United States for conventions. Mm-hmm. And basically that is for fans to be able to meet these people, get their autographs. And it's a big, it's really a great opportunity to be able to meet these people from Japan and to get to know them. And well, at a couple at G Fest, we worked that year with um, director Masaki Tezuka, who did mm-hmm. um, Tokyo SOS, and he was our guest along with um, Noboru Kaneko, the the uh, sorry the engineer from that movie, and he they were our guests, and it was really great bringing them to G-Fest and meeting the fans and um, doing autographs. And it was just a wonderful experience, especially for them. In Japan, they don't get the type of recognition that they get here for the movies. Mm-hmm. It's like they're kind of like everyday on the street kind of people. Yeah. But yeah. over here, they treat them like, wow, I didn't know everybody loved our work so much. <laughs> you know, And they feel so appreciative. They almost don't want to go home every time. They just, they just love seeing the fans appreciate their work and they're also like fans themselves. So they, mm. they love seeing the outpouring that's really at G fest and it's not, it's different from anywhere else. Yeah. It's interesting how that works though, because coming from the music world, I've had friends who have toured, they go to Japan even as well. Right. And they do so well over there. You know, it's just like, it's such a big deal. And then they come back here to the States and they might have like 150 kids show up at a show. Right, but they go over to Japan, it's all sold out day after day after day after day. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's it's different and you get to see people who you realize how big of a deal it is that you show up. Um, so as if you've listened to the show before, you know that our goal here is to pick up, uh, sorry, to pick out different people in the community that have, I feel like, have made a difference, even if it's not in a sense of they're going to get this chapter in a book about the fandom, right? It's people who are, who are positively encouraging and trying to uplift one another. And at least for me personally, you know, like I said, I started messaging you because I saw you're posting the stuff from, uh, from the concert there, but I found our interactions. I think you were the first person in the fandom that I found out was a Christian. And I was like, not that I didn't think that there weren't others, people right like i mean we've learned that that's not the case but i think you and i were probably you were the first person i had actual conversations with about your faith and how that influences um the way that you approach a lot of this and i've just noticed that the way that you interact with other people the way you try to uh, promote other people's work the way that you know you're just you're going out of your way to try to serve others i mean you know we've talked about your own personal life as well I mean, it reflects on that. So that's why, you know, I felt like you would be a good fit here. So, I mean, out, yeah, absolutely. So outside of Godzilla, like, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Well, I am, as a career, I'm an IT guy. I work at a food company. And basically, um, with that, I also... Uh, serve a lot at my church. I go to Fellowship Bible Church in Belmont, California, and I work as a um, as a leader for our college and careers group. And basically, I serve as a planning 
leader to connect our younger fellowship with our older fellowship in the church mm -hmm. level scope. And we do that through service opportunities and creating opportunities for our church to pray and, and build community together through running all prayer nights and finding ways we could serve our seniors, our younger kids through babysitting, et cetera. And it's been uh, the place where I use most of my time, but at the, at the same time, I really love um, sci-fi films. I love mm -hmm. everything about tokusatsu. So I, I watch Godzilla, Ultraman, Super <laughs> Sentai, Kamen Rider, Garo, you name it, I watch it basically. Um, and all that's really stemmed from loving Godzilla first. And, yeah. and really, um, on the side, I also do this uh, guest handling thing part-time mm -hmm. with celebrity icons. And that's been a great part of, uh, of serving these people who I've looked up to my whole life and as you know, I've gone to work with Haru Nakajima and mm -hmm. Ken Satsuma and uh, Sutomu Kitagawa and a lot of other um, different people who worked on these movies and bring them over to meet the fans. And um, part of the handling job is really taking care of them. And it's like um, looking after their needs, really being uh, selfless and taking the job seriously. Mm -hmm. And part of that is like, really, I get to show my servant's heart and appreciation to them. Yeah. And at the same time, it connects the fans with with these people who are hard to reach and didn't know um, other people appreciated their work. And it, it's really like um, a great thing about just connecting the fans. And it really means a lot to my heart that um, that both people, both sides, get something out of this. Mm -hmm. It's like people get to meet their heroes. Some of them have their stories of watching Godzilla movies with their dad and their family is growing mm -hmm. up and they just out, they just pour it all out in front of them. And, and even though they don't speak English, they could really feel the same, that sentiment and like yeah. how much their, their work is loved and appreciated. And I, at every event, I, I always feel grateful that I can take part of this. And, you know, I think it's really, um, a great opportunity for the fans to take advantage of this whenever they're around to come and meet them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you're right. It's, you know, I've been to a couple different, you know, here in Kansas city, it's planet comic con. And it's not like the guests there are never excited to do what they're doing. Right. But you just kind of feel like, I don't know. It's different in my head. I've never gone to G fest, but I'm like the casual person who maybe is passing by Billy D Williams. Right. Obviously like, yeah, everyone wants to see Billy D Williams, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that your life has necessarily been changed because of him the same way that maybe you go up and see someone at G fest. Right. And maybe, yeah. maybe that is the case, but it just, it, from the impression I've gotten, it seems like it's a little bit more intimate. So seeing, you being able to do that because you've shared that with me before. Like, I just think that's awesome. That's something that a lot of people, I don't think they think about the logistics of actually how to get everyone over here to the different cons and festivals, right? It's, it's a big deal. Absolutely. So, so here's, you know, the, the million dollar question, what got you into Godzilla to begin with? Uh, yes. So growing up, my brother was really into Japanese anime, monster movies, everything mm -hmm. out of Japan. 
and as a as a young boy, he would just uh, play them for me. He's he's thirteen years older than I am, so he's kind of my babysitter. Some people thought he was my dad sometimes, <laughs> but it's it's a great it's a great sibling thing that we have. But basically, he would plop me down and put on a Godzilla movie, and I would just be so so mesmerized and so amazed by what this giant monster that's like sometimes he's a hero sometimes he's not sometimes um he looks like he's just doing whatever he wants all the time but at the same time he's like super strong he doesn't care Mm -hmm. and it's something about the special effects and all that really just pulled me in the imagination behind the films like seeing like a three-headed monster Mm -hmm. things fly the music's great, and I just ran away with it my whole life. So it's really, um, it's really been a great journey. And my family has really encouraged my um, loving this, loving Godzilla for basically all my life. They would every time it would be on TV, they record it for me and play it back, and I'd say, I just want to watch that movie again and again. Um, I remember my mom would, uh, she would cook like live crab and sometimes we would just have the crab in the, like laying in the bathtub and I didn't have any, I didn't have an Ebera toy for the longest time. And I used to pretend like, you know, that live crab in the bathtub was Ebera and I would bring my Godzilla figure and play with him. And it was like, it was like, just pinch and hold on to my Godzilla. And I'd be like, yo, what's going on? But... (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it was a lot of fond memories like that growing up. And um, for me, uh, Godzilla is also like just the, the outlet in which I know my family cares for me in like another mm-hmm. in a superficial-ish way, but not because they always know that I love it. So every Christmas I would get something from related to Godzilla every birthday and I always feel like, you know, my family knows me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I owe that a lot to my my parents and my aunts, and yeah, they've been really um, just encouraging of that this entire time. Uh, another thing was um, just being a fan. I got to know. Well, I ventured into going into the online message boards around the mm-hmm. 50th anniversary, so maybe like in the 2000s, early 2000s, when. I guess message boards were a big thing. Yep. And, you know, I was always perusing the, the message boards and um, seeing the... I didn't know there was such a community for all of this. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of post on, like, Goji Stomp and Tokyo Monsters from time to time. And I was hearing about, like, some of these events that would happen, like G-Fest. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know anything like that was actually happening. There's yeah. a convention for this stuff. And I didn't go until my later years, but um, I heard that Haru Nakajima was coming to a local con in in Burbank, California in 2011. And as soon as I got news of that, I had my dad bring me there. I was like, mm-hmm. I have to meet the man in the suit. I need to know what what kind of guy he is after all these years of following him. Mm-hmm. And 
So my dad brings me, we get on a plane and the whole thing. And he sees, we well, we get first in line just to meet him. And we see this, this very humble older Japanese guy walk up and he sits down. And, and I was like, wow, it's really him. And, you know, I'm just staring at him in, in awe and everything. What a great, what a great moment is for me. Um, I come back around and I just want to shake his hand. And I was just like, thank you so much for your work. And I'm so excited to be here. And he just puts his arm around me, pulls me down and gives me a big hug. And I was just like, whoa, what is happening? Godzilla's hugging me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, he made my time there feel really special. And he did yeah. that with every single fan. It, and he always did it that way. And, you know, as soon as I met him, I was like, I, I want to meet all. I want to meet all of them someday mm-hmm. if I ever could. And so that same, no, a couple of years later, I went to G-Fest with uh, Furia-san, the original Ultraman suit actor. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to meet him. And every time I would meet these Japanese stars, they would be the most humble, the most respectful, and the most appreciative uh, celebrities I've ever met in my life. And that just kept bringing me back. Yeah. And I would always be in awe about this community. Like everybody's so supporting and it has, G-Fest has a very family feel to it as opposed to other cons. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a major difference. Um, and I believe it's just really a, a testament of the fans really wanting to include others. Yeah, because I would be there. Random people would say hi or like ask me like, "What's my favorite Godzilla movie?" I don't even know these people, and I'm, just, <laughs> I was just like, I'm just here for the monsters, man. But like, everybody is very friendly there. It's yeah. kind of a different feeling. They kind of treat you as like, you know, if you're part of the G Fest, it's like kind of a family ish thing. There's like parties after. There's it's really wild an experience. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've seen. And I'm partially like, I thought about this coming up summer. It's like, well, what if I bring my son? And I'm also like, I'm not a huge party guy, but I really don't want to have to go at eight o'clock and be done every night. So <laughs> maybe down the road, we'll try maybe next year. But um, so speaking of favorite Godzilla film, I mean, I know that's, I don't know, for me, that's a tough question. But for you, where would you what would you say your favorite is? Recently, I think Gitter of the Three-Headed Monster is my favorite. Really? Okay. I really love that movie because I feel like it gives a bit of everything that the fans want. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the great, great effects, the great monsters. I feel like it's just amazing how they did King Ghidorah at that time. Mm-hmm. So many wires and uh, like a couple dozen people manipulating it in the background. Oh my it's, gosh, yeah. It's it's really incredible how they made that look and, and how it comes off on screen. You also get the peanuts, you get the music, mm-hmm. you get um you get the great classic actors too and it's I feel like it's it just fits in. Like it really sets the mood for a Godzilla film. Yeah. So I really love that movie. And yeah. <laughs> it's 
really great film. <laughs> it is. It is. And we're by the time this comes out, we'll already have our episode um, about that film. And I'll say it's it's really surprising for me realizing how rushed they were with that because they weren't even yeah. planning on releasing it in 1964 until I think it was Redbeard was supposed to come out that holiday season and Toho, they weren't able to. So like, well, we need to put something in the slot. So they rushed, you know, Ghidorah up and into that. So I think there's a couple things for me. I'm like, eh, I would have done it differently. But like, sure. overall, it's a really fun film. Absolutely. It's just crazy to me that you get Mothra versus Godzilla and that film all within a year. They're both like two great films within yeah. such a short period of time. I, I can't believe they scrapped it up to, together all that fast. And I know. It, it's truly amazing just seeing all that come together. And you can really tell like the wear and tear on the Godzilla suit and everything. Oh, is, yeah. It's a reuse, but, you know, still uh, such an enjoyable film. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like they only had time to fix the head. <laughs> that was about it. You know, they fixed they fixed the jowls because the jowls were yeah. loose in the last film, and that was really that was about all they did. So, um, so you've already said that you like other Tokusatsu films and stuff like that. You had mentioned, you know, like Sentai, which you really need to talk to my co-host about that. He's been on a kick with that lately. Um, probably more than the Godzilla films. I'm kind of, he's probably just going to start his own podcast. Um, (laughs) so what, I guess, what would you say in the genre? Like, what are some of your other favorite films? Like what, where have you kind of branched out? What really got me to branch out was when Godzilla took a break after its Mm -hmm. 50th anniversary. After Final Wars, it was like, there's not that much action going on. So I expanded to Ultraman. And mm-hmm. I think my favorite Ultraman series is Ultraman Nexus. I believe that's the one who started me kind of off on this okay. other trip to other tokusatsu. It was like a, a mix of, it's a little bit darker of an Ultraman series, mm-hmm. but it does contain like the, the great hero elements and, and suits and monsters that we, we know and love. And yeah, it's a, it's a really great show. And also at the same time, I did love Power Rangers growing up. Mm-hmm. And seeing that that got that Power Rangers was based off of the Japanese original, and basically they took the footage and spiced it up. Yep, I had to see the original stuff, so I caught up on a bunch of these things. And in the time, Common Rider was also a big thing. It was kind of like it's it all kind of just comes together, mm-hmm. and I think with those. I really love, um, I really love Garo. Also, I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it. I have not. It's kind of a superhero show, um, like a horror based, and hmm. it's about basically a a knight that really like protects the people from monsters. But it's really a, a cutting edge uh, CG show from from that time period. But okay. it's it's a really good one. Yeah, I'll have to get some more info from you after this. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so those are some of my favorites. And I really love uh, Gamera 3 also. I think that's secretly my, you know, not so secret now, but favorite, <laughs> favorite kaiju film that's of dead. all time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good, though. I'm so, I, I'm sitting here like we're going through these movies 
in the back of my head, I just want to fast forward to the trilogy and show Chris. I'm like, this is where we're going. Yep. It's <laughs> something about that film. I can watch yeah. it over and over and over. It's it's so great. <laughs> yeah. See, I'll say, so my, I had my son, we watched, I would say the trilogy, but we only watched the first one and the third one. The second one was actually more intense than I thought it was going to be. Um, but the third one, actually, we were able to get through it. But yeah, he loves those films too. And they're just, they're shot beautifully. They're scored beautifully. The acting's top notch. So yeah, it's uh Gamera 3 is definitely top tier. So I don't blame yeah. you. It's amazing. Um, so past year then, we I feel like we've had a good selection of films that aren't tokusatsu. So like, and I'm not even necessarily saying contemporary, like our domestic films, but like, what would you say your favorite film in the past year or so has been and why? Oh, uh, sure. My favorite film in the last year is Avengers Endgame. Okay. So, not to people's surprise, but I've loved the Marvel series mm-hmm. since Iron Man came out. And I really love the journey that they've given these characters and the, and the way that their stories kind of just evolved. Mm-hmm. over time and i really feel that it's that's special to grow up with that and yeah. to see the stories kind of conclude for these some of these characters and i just really love um yeah the thought that was put into it you kind of feel the progression of the characters relationships throughout the the films and i i feel like they really they really put their heart in it yeah, mm-hmm. you can really feel that it's a product of love at the end. Like it's just, yeah, it's just a really great film. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had fun watching. It. I mean, I'm not as invested in the MCU as probably some people are, but it was one of those things where like, I think it's easy to hate on it, right? And I don't think people are willing to admit that it's just because they're doing well. And I, I know that's not really the case for everybody, but sure. for me, I'm like. Is this something I would expect to be in the Criterion Collection? Yeah, absolutely not. But like, was it a fun film? Did it set out? Did it do what it set out to do? I would say yes, it did. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was a fun time for sure. And I mean, I'm personally burned out. Like, I don't know if I'll go see any of the other in theaters anytime soon. Maybe, (laughs) actually, I take that back. The casting for The Eternals looks absolutely incredible. Um, So that'll probably be an exception for me. But, so no Black Widow. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Like, who knows? W- like, when's that coming out again? I believe it's in May. Yeah, I'm thinking. So that'll be, let's see, March, April, May. I'll have a three-month-old by that point. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. <laughs> that might just be a moment of there you respite. Go. But, um, okay. So here's here's really, I would say, my two favorite questions that i've asked so far so first of all you've you've shared some of this but like what does the fandom mean to you sure you know at these uh these events that we've been having for for our guests and and fans we do a we do a fan party Mm -hmm. with so it's a more intimate time where like our our guests like the suit actors can have dinner with um with some of the fans and every time we go there it's it's such an intimate time that people are always so welcoming they're 
They're always wanting to know what's your favorite films. Let's let's get people involved. Let's talk. And I think the fandom is just truly a a family. And in that way, I think we we can continue to grow um, and fans in a in a positive space for for people who want want community and to know these films and to appreciate them together. I go to tons of events and and at every every place there's always a familiar face or there's a um, people who who reach out to new fans and bring them in for like dinner after or these parties. There's um, there's a guy called um, Robert Moreno. And okay. he runs the Kaiju Brotherhood. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have not. Uh, basically, at almost every event, they they kind of like build up a big party of people, just fans, young and old, and um, they just make kind of make a party out of it. And they they really have a welcoming attitude into um, getting fans to connect with each other and to know each other. And I think. Um, yeah, this this fandom has a lot of space for that and for appreciating uh, different views, our our love for different types of movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been truly a blessing seeing um, some of these fans outreach and grow, and including your your podcast. I think it's just a wonderful uh, thing that we can bridge the community together and people can know one another, um, how people are working in the background and and the things that. Uh, that divide people aren't uh, aren't as important as Mm-mm. as being uh, encouraging towards one another and and learning from one another. Yeah, and and that's a huge thing is realizing that you know we're inevitably going to have differences, right? I mean, I, I there was a conversation going on on Twitter I don't know a month or two ago talking about like dating. And someone says something along the lines of like, well, I could never imagine dating someone who didn't share the same interests as me. I was like, I did it. And I'm (laughs) happily married almost six years later, you know? And I mean, to be fair, like I I get that you want to share your important parts Mm -hmm. of your life with someone else. But the thing is in any relationship, you learn to appreciate what the other person appreciates. Right. I didn't, learn I like when I met my wife I didn't like Pride and Prejudice now I think the BBC version is absolutely incredible and I have no shame in admitting that right like even the the movie is too but but that's the thing is I had to learn how to like what she liked and in the same way that a few months ago I sat down and put High and Low by Kira Kurosawa on and my wife looks over and all of a sudden she's ready for bed but she's like can we finish this tomorrow and I'm like yes Right. So like that's that's part of it. You know, it's definitely I just think within the fandom, we need to remember that, like, yes, we have these differences, but like how much more we we truly have in common. And it's just tough, though, I think sometimes to remember that. And that's that's the tough part. Right. Is just like, how do I focus on what? is really holding us together. And if we do that, I think we would 
not pick as many stupid fights that we do all the time. Yeah, I think a big part of it is people often treat others the way they think they would be treated if mm-hmm. they had that same opinion or that same interest or same issue that they have a problem with. And I think that truly um, that's not really where we want to go. I think we should really be trying to see why why people like what they like and and also learn from them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So <laughs> I I would say at this point, because um, obviously you've been involved in the fandom for a while in a couple different capacities. So what would be your word of encouragement? I think let me I'm going to change this up a little bit. So sure. lately I've talked to a few people that have just been super worn down. A lot of it's just like, it's less about having disagreements about films and it's more about like, they feel like it's just incessant, right? It's just, especially like the King of the Monsters hate. It's just, some of it's legitimate criticism and the other, I feel like it's just like low hanging fruit. People just keep coming back to it. So people are just exhausted. They're just like, I just want to enjoy these films. I don't want to feel like I'm stupid or dumb or wrong for liking what I like. So people just, they're worn out. They don't want to deal with this anymore. So for the people who really do have an investment in what these films are, but maybe they're just exhausted, like what would be your word of encouragement to like, to get them through that without just throwing the baby out with (laughs) throwing many out with the bathwater? Like what would you suggest? I, for one, really do enjoy King of the Monsters 2019. Um, and I do see all the hate around it. And I think the thing to remember is that films and art and all of that, all of it speaks to us differently and uniquely. And I think it's, we need to remember to let people have their opinions and views on it. Mm-hmm. And an, an encouragement is that you know, there's going to be a time where you like something and somebody won't, but you could be that um, that example of someone who would encourage somebody through that time and not give them a hard time about it. I think directly we're, we're responsible for um, the vibe of the community. Mm-hmm. And we are in, in, some sh- in some form a testimony of what we want to be so i think with with that i would leave people with be positive be loving and really show that um we're willing to learn from one another and to um really give people a chance to share their opinions Mm -hmm. and even if you don't agree i don't think you need to comment on every single thing that really drives (laughs) the the toxicity of like oh yeah there's like 200, 200 replies of somebody hating, you know, King of the Monsters. And the other thing is, you don't have to read them all either. <laughs> yeah. I think that really builds it up. If you're really exhausted about it, I don't think you should be reading all of it either. I think you should kind of get back to the fundamentals and remember why you like what you like. And, and enjoy it. Yeah, and that I think you do kind of have to 
put limits on things sometimes too, yeah. right? I mean, so like on Twitter, I had to learn how to like, how do I change it from being just like the regular home where it shows top tweets and I go to latest, right? I don't want to necessarily see what everyone else is liking because I may follow people I don't 100% agree with, which is fine. Yeah. But there's certain things where I'm like, nope, I don't want to see that, you know, and it's easier for me to just, I have to put limits and parameters. And sometimes I'm just like, nope, this is a stupid conversation. And I mute it and I just <laughs> scroll on, right? And I'm like, I love you guys, but this is just, this is dumb. I'm not and I'm not dealing with this um I'm not about to start fighting with someone that is twice my age um it's important to know your limits and yeah. to know what is gonna uh upset you or or vice versa I mean yeah I, we are directly responsible for that so I think Absolutely. people should should know be able to know engage themselves and to know um when is the proper time to respond and when is the proper time to not look? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When is the time for me to just log off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to actually share something really quick sure. uh, before we, before we close here, cause we were just talking about the community here and there's a, there's a scholar that I really like and, when I submitted a, a panel request, it's actually based off of the work that she's done. Um, she's a sociologist named Christina Cleveland and it's somewhat relevant and that's why I wanted to share. So I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts here. Okay. Um, so this is more of in a church context, but she writes in a, a sociological element. So dealing with communities. So the biases we hold against other groups have the ability to wreak havoc on our cross-cultural interactions. So before we enter into such interactions, we must do the difficult work of addressing our biases and blind spots. So do you think that's something that would help us in our community? Not necessarily cross-cultural, but I feel like even within our fandom, it's very pluralistic, right? We have a lot of different genders and orientations and ethnicities and social strat you know, statuses and stuff like that. So do you think that would help if we actually reevaluated ourselves before we did all of the, the interaction? I believe that is totally true. I think if you're going to have a, a bias, you should evaluate. Is this, is this truly um, something that I need to make somebody feel bad over? Or is this something I need to, uh, call people out on sometimes mm -hmm. the biases are just personal preferences and it's it comes just down to that i think some of it um can always be presented in a respectful way you're gonna have you're gonna have your biases you're gonna have your your likes and things you agree and those don't agree with but in the end i believe um there is above all there is a way to treat people and it should be out of encouragement and love and out of respect. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when you think about as people who, uh, yeah, uh, who act on their biases to make, to bring people down or to try to shape everyone into just one set opinion, it's really a direct reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. And 
it's truly a eye-opener to know and to think about why am I being so forceful of my biases upon others? And I think that's something we all need to look into ourselves when we're trying to argue a point. And I think that will like really reveal like where your heart is in, in, in all of this. So, yeah, nope, you're absolutely right. I think it, there's a lot of pushback I've seen in some of the stuff I've written where people are like, but my free speech. And I'm like, I'm not saying police your speech. I'm just saying, don't be a dick. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I, I don't know how you're getting to that conclusion. So like, but I get it. There's a certain point where not everything's going to be, you know, just loosey goosey, never having any feedback, not pushback or anything like that. But I think ultimately if we took the time to be like, is what I'm saying beneficial is what I'm saying, not just self-serving. I feel like a lot of our conversations would be a lot different. So. Yeah, totally. It should be a reflection I mean, looking into our own character and, and thinking about, is this really right to do? And, you know, if I do this, how would other people feel? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really on our community to really look in, into the way we treat others and the way we impose our own um, views of the movies, whether it's too forceful or not. But, yeah, I really think, yeah, people should really evaluate their own character. Absolutely agree with you. So, well, Jonathan, it is almost midnight for me and I am just absolutely bushed. But uh, if people want to follow you on a social media platform, where would you send them? I could be found at Mr. Krupp on Instagram. That's the place I use the most to promote um, some of the guest appearances that we have and and yeah, I would look out for those. I think it would be really nice for you guys to meet artists like Shinji Nishikawa or um, some of the Sentai guests or um, other guests that come in from Japan. And I think it will be just a great opportunity to, to meet them and to get to know one another. And yeah, I'm really excited. And I will clarify, and I'll put it in the notes as well, but that's M-R-K-R-U-P-P. Um but yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to hopefully meet you this summer. I'm all fingers crossed there. But uh, I really do appreciate you taking this time. And I hope everyone has a good rest of their day. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Kaiju Apostle Podcast. If you liked what you heard, don't be a stranger. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Kaiju Apostle Pod. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, you can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Lastly, we do have a Patreon page where we have some great perks, including early access to the episodes, show notes, and the ability to have your voice recordings featured on the show. Again, we appreciate the support, and we look forward to hearing from you.